Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home from the New York Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today I'll be talking about Apple TV's Friday Night Baseball train wreck debut, and the suddenly rolling New York Rangers destroy the Senators Saturday night and punch their ticket to the playoffs. So let's go ahead and get started. So Major League Baseball is back, and Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV Plus made its debut last Friday. Now for true baseball fans, if you watch, this was kind of an epic disaster. There were a few good points, let's start with that. The good. The video on Apple TV Plus streaming looked great. It was sharp, it was crisp, really good. They had a couple different kind of camera looks. It was somewhat interesting. I really enjoyed the video part of it. And that's about it. For the positives, it's pretty clear to me that the people that designed this experience for Apple were not sports fans. They were producers and designers that were focused on making the video look good and some of the graphics look good, which they did. The video was crisp and the graphics look great, but that's about it. As for some of the negatives, let's see. There were constant constant full screen transition sort of blackouts of the screen with a apple tv friday night baseball every time they went from live to instant replay it was kind of jarring so you'd have you know a live video feed and then you'd have this blacked out screen slightly green i think but it was dark with apple tv friday baseball for half a second and then you'd have a replay and it was annoying as all hell the announcer and the commentator were poor. The commentator or analyst in particular, he was particularly inept and really annoying. There was one spot I remember. There was a Met. I can't remember his name. He tried to stretch a single into a double, and he got thrown out of second base, right? And they showed an instant replay, and it was a slow-mo replay of the Met not really getting out of the box quickly and certainly not running hard to first base. Now, it was a close play at second, so had he run harder... Either would have been safer, we made it a you know much closer play. But the commentator paid zero attention to it, and he started rambling on about something else. The announcers talked about restaurants and food during some critical you know at bats, intense at bats late in the game. They were just not at all on point. And if you're a baseball fan, you know this. It's clear that you know there was a lot of attention paid to the technical aspect of this being that it's Apple, and hey, look at the video quality, and look at these outstanding graphics. And there was some pretty cool-looking graphics, but the big negative, one of the big negatives was, um, let's see, every 10 seconds, Apple mentions or, you know, talked about some kind of Apple product. And, you know, that was less than wonderful to experience. More useless stats were constantly constantly displayed in the bottom right corner of the screen for the entire game he has a 92 percent chance of striking out he has a 25 percent chance of rbi and this changed with every pitch and it was annoying as hell to watch this and it was more stupid inning stats and if you're a baseball fan right baseball is obviously about stats it has more stats than just about any game, right? But as true baseball fans know, we are inundated with stats and just there's just too much of it now, especially in my opinion, and I'll give my own here. There's too much damn stats all over the place and the games are now managed too much by statistics anyway. And to see them constantly displayed on your video that you're watching all the time, especially when they're inane, ridiculous stats all the time, it was annoying. 
Now, what else for Apple TV Plus? It kind of took a little longer than other apps did to kind of ramp up to full resolution. It wasn't too bad, but it was noticeable, right? If you weren't watching it and you clicked it on, you know how this does when you stream, right? It gets blurry for a little bit while it's trying to give you some running video, you know, at lower resolution while it buffers and caches some. And then it ramps up and, and it did that fine. It never really stuttered or anything after that, but it just did seem to take a little longer than it would on some of my other streaming apps. After the game was over, Apple TV Plus allows you to replay a game, but there doesn't seem to be any way to hide the scores. There is some setting in in somewhere that I clicked where it says hide scores, but it doesn't seem to actually do anything. So after the game is over, if you go in to try to find a game, and you see the game that you want to watch, because, hey, I haven't seen this game, you see the final score on the tile to click the game. So it's ruined. They've spoiled the game. How friggin' ridiculous is that? I mean, who designs this stuff? It's obviously not a sports fan. What moron over at Apple is actually making these decisions? They obviously need someone who's either played the game or watches a lot of sports, as much as, you know, someone who's there that can help with UI and design, because clearly they don't have anyone there who's a sports person that's making any kind of decisions that affect sports podcasts and they need to get that better what else you cannot pause or rewind the video so you're streaming a game it doesn't have any dvr like capabilities whatsoever you know if you want to you know take a phone call you know maybe you have to use the restroom whatever you can't even pause the damn game you can't start late and catch up there's no player controls what the hell kind of designer designs a video with no player controls. I mean, really, Apple? Really? I mean, you got to be shitting me. This is just pathetic. The next day, matter of fact, it was I was reading an article on The Verge, which is a pretty cool tech site I uh, I watch. And I know I'm talking a lot about uh, some, some tech stuff here as opposed to some sports stuff and folks that are listening. You know, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of a tech geek in my spare time. But um, The Verge is a pretty cool tech site, and it mirrored almost all of this exactly uh, i had posted this kind of stuff on uh, one of the forums that, that i attend on friday night after trying to watch the met game and it's so funny the the verge article almost mirrored exactly all of my complaints here it was really funny matter of fact you know what i'll link to it in the show notes so you should be able to see that article if you care about it uh, perhaps apple will wise up and make some improvements to the streaming service you know they better or there'll likely to be some strong, continued, bad user feedback coming their way, as well as some super frustrated fans, such as the one you're listening to. Anyway, that's my rant about Apple TV+. Plus. I'm going to move on and talk about the Rangers Senators on Saturday night. The New York Rangers punched their ticket to the playoffs by wiping the ice with the Ottawa Senators on Saturday evening. They crushed them 5-1. The Rangers now clinched a playoff berth, officially. For the first time in five years, and we're not counting the fake COVID play-in game year. So five years missing the playoffs, they officially punched their ticket, and they now have 100 points, which is awesome. The Rangers are really having a great year. Tyler Mott was out for the Rangers. Apparently, it's some kind of injury that's going to keep him out for a while. And it's kind of a shame because he has brought energy, speed, great penalty killing to the Rangers and, and to the fourth line. Mott's been one of the great additions and. He's an excellent fourth-line forward, and he's going to be missed, and apparently it's going to be somewhat long-term, so that's a shame. 
On the other side, though, the Rangers did, however, get Capo Caco back, as well as Rooney back in the lineup. They both went out for a long time, especially Kaku, who's missed, I believe they said, 31 games or something. And, you know, we need him back and playing well, especially now when we have Mod out. So getting two forwards back at the same time that we lost Mott. And also, by the way, Heedle was out with some injury that's supposed to be short-term. So we have a little depth in the lineup now after the trade deadline anyway. And, you know, that's very, very helpful. It's going to play into this now because, you know, getting Vetrano and getting Cop and getting Mott, um, it provided a lot of depth and, and it really is showing now. So as far as the game, just two minutes into the game, Ottawa actually scored first and the Rangers were trailing one nothing. It was a great pass kind of from behind Igor's net and it was a one-timer from about like six or eight feet out that Igor had zero chance on. That would be the extent though of the Ottawa highlights for the evening. In the first period that was mostly dominated by the Rangers, Panarin answered back with a goal to, to tie the game at one. And then in the second, there was some exciting action, though the Rangers were dominating on shots on goal. With Adam Fox in the penalty box, I believe it was for tripping, Ottawa had a power play on which the entirety of the action was down at the Ottawa end of ice. The Rangers had all of the shots on goal when Ottawa was on the power play. It was an exciting penalty kill for the shorthanded Rangers. I mean, just after the Rangers killed off that exciting penalty kill. Um, there was some exciting back and forth action, which ended up with the Rangers scoring Panarin with a beautiful feed to cop who put the Rangers up two one. the crowd was buzzing after that goal. And so were the Rangers who scored just one minute later on a cry to wrist shot off the rush, right past the glove of the Ottawa goalie who had been playing really well up until that point. Um, at that point in the game, um, it was maybe Halfway over, maybe 10 minutes into the second, the Rangers were leading in shots 17 to 5. This is how dominating it was, and it would continue the whole game. Shesterkin, I mean, was flat out lonely in his end at that point. The Rangers were just all over Ottawa. Although he did make a huge save just before the Rangers' second goal. The Rangers' domination in the second continued as Panarin got his third point of the game, rushing down the left side, feeding Strom right in front of the goalie, and Strom buried it to put the Rangers up 4-1. After a series of games earlier in the year where I was kind of critical of Panarin, he has really come on strong, and he's playing some outstanding hockey over the last month or so. He's not only continuing his brilliant passing. If you've seen him, you know he's one of the best passers in the game, but he's also finally scoring some goals this year. And Obviously, he's a brilliant hockey player and probably the Rangers' best player, but I've been critical of him in some of the big games this year as sort of not showing up or making a lot of lazy turnovers, and he's not putting the puck in the net at the same rate as he has in other years, but now he's starting to do exactly that, and he is just on fire over the last, say, three or four weeks. Um He's been brilliant. Uh, there's not much else to say. The Rangers ended the second period, which might have been their best period of the year, up 4-1. to one. It was total domination by the Rangers in the second period, every aspect of the game. Rangers continued their strong play throughout the third period. Just over two minutes left in the game, Kreider netted his second goal of the game on a strong wrist shot. Not only was it his second goal of the game, it was 49th goal of the year for Kreider. You can believe that. His 49th frigging goal of the year. What an incredible season for Kreider. He is someone that I have been super critical of, you know, in past years. He was such a streaky player, but, you know, he's taken all of his good streaks and eliminated almost all of the bad streaks during the year, and he's having a year for the ages here for the Rangers. So that goal put the Rangers up 5-1, to one, and that's how the game finished. It was a 
dominating effort from the Rangers, start to finish. The Rangers, by the way, are now 7-1-1 one, and one over the last nine games, with the only regulation loss was the game I actually went to Madison Square Garden with a week and a half ago where they lost to the Islanders in what I think was their worst game of the year. So they're playing brilliantly, except for the one single game that I went to where they suck balls. Anyway, 7-1-1 uh, and one over the last nine, tied with... Um, the Hurricanes for first with 100 points. The game was really an outstanding way for the Rangers to clinch a playoff spot, I have to say. It also temporarily, as I just mentioned, put them in first place in the Metropolitan Division. They're tied with the Carolina Hurricanes, who they happen to play on Tuesday night. And while the Rangers may want to jockey for position in the playoffs, now that they've officially clinched their playoff spot, they have the ability to either you know kind of rest some folks or experiment with some lines or defense pairs given their plethora of choices now and with having some extra players around. So right now, all is good in Rangerland. Let's go Rangers. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.